KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Mike Darty. Election Day is coming up, and the biggest item on the ballot here in South Jersey is the keys to the governor's mansion. Democrat Phil Murphy is the incumbent. I'll be talking with him soon. Keep your eyes out for that podcast on the feed. But today I sit down with his challenger, Republican Jack Cittarelli. I asked Jack about COVID, property taxes, recreational marijuana, and police reform. He said there's a lot going wrong in New Jersey, and that's why he wants to fix it. So, Jack, first things first, I guess, uh, Taylor Ham or pork roll? Oh, it is pork roll. All right. <laughs> Got that out of the way. Jack, you've been on the road all over the state, connecting with voters all over the place. What have you learned in the last, I guess, almost two years now, uh, traveling the state and some of the priorities of the people here? Uh, the people of New Jersey are frustrated by never-ending problems like the highest property taxes in the nation and New Jersey being the worst place in the country in which to do business. That's what this campaign is all about, fixing those two problems, as well as a couple others. So how exactly do you plan on doing that and making New Jersey a, a better place for, for businesses to operate and for people to, to earn an income? We need a new school funding formula in New Jersey. What a lot of people don't realize is that we distribute state aid to our 600 school districts, and when we do, that helps lower property taxes. We need to find a better way to distribute that state aid. And I believe that we can do that with a new formula. I'll never leave any child behind, any community behind, or adversely affect the quality of education. But with the proper distribution of state aid to schools, we can lower property taxes. We're not going to have a million-dollar home in places like Jersey City or Hoboken that are paying less in property taxes than a $400,000 home in places like Tom's River, Hillsborough, or Parsippany. That's got to change. It's not fair. It's not right. And under my governorship, it will end. So, Jack, I just told my wife a little while ago I'm going to be interviewing you. And she goes, oh, is he is he really going to be able to lower property taxes? <laughs> she wants to know. Everybody wants to know. How can you do that? And that new school funding formula is the way to do it. I mean, the state of New Jersey distributes $10 billion in aid to every one of our school districts. And the more aid you get, the lower your property taxes because it offsets the school budget. And so that's exactly what we need to do. But one other thing that we need to do is send a work study group up to Massachusetts uh, New Jersey and Massachusetts have the best K through 12 systems in the country. Massachusetts K through 12 system is 20% less expensive than ours. What are they doing that we're not? And so take 20% off the average property tax bill. That's a pretty big deal. That's $2,000. And, you know, these things are having a, a very like real world consequence on a lot of us. You know, I, I, I ever once in a while, we just had a baby not long ago and we, we look for houses on Zillow and you click on something that you think is nice and maybe a little out of your budget, but you check it out and the property taxes are 25, 30,000. It's what holds back every New Jerseyan, whether you uh, own or rent, it's what holds back every business, whether you own or rent. And it's the most punitive tax of all. You earn more, you pay more income tax. You buy more, you pay more sales tax. As we get older and use less government services, your property taxes continue to go up. So a couple of things that I wanna do for young people to make New Jersey more affordable, let's let them deduct student loan interest on their New Jersey tax return. Uh, let's let the interest on the mortgage for first-time home buyers be deductible on your New Jersey tax return. And for our seniors, let's make all retirement income tax-free the way it is in Pennsylvania. And once you hit age 65, your property taxes are frozen for life. And Jack, uh, some of the other things that you've, you've brought up throughout the campaign are um, you've acknowledged that some, some police reforms are needed while you're obviously not in favor of pulling the budget out from under them and plucking away at their at their pensions and things like that. Some cops I've spoken with 
are a little worried about the, their pensions and the funding there. And just want to get your thoughts on how that's going to work. I understand their concern. Uh, for a great many, it's not just a scar. It's an open wound because they feel like the last Republican governor lied to them about pension reform. Um, he said he was going to do nothing, but then did something very, very significant. So what I've said is this. The job has never been harder. And the fact is that recruits are down all across the state. We used to get 20,000 applicants for state police jobs. Last year, we got 2,000. And police chiefs will also tell you the number of applicants for local jobs is down significantly. If ever there was a time not to mess with people's compensation, health benefits, or pension, this is it. We want people to find the job attractive. And the way to do that is by leaving the compensation, health benefits, and pension alone. And so I will. But in addition to that, we're going to support our men and women in blue. Uh, We're not getting rid of qualified immunity. We're not going to civilian review boards. We're not going to put disciplinary cases on the internet. These are professional personnel matters. That's not how you deal with them. And we're going to reform bail reform. So those are the things that should be just as important to cops, to let them go out there and do their jobs so they can keep our community safe. I've done a lot of work in, 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 uh, in Camden, and the, their police force there is getting national recognition, not even national, even international. Have you uh, been following what's going on in Camden, and would you like to apply some of the their community policing principles elsewhere in the state? So there's a metro system in, in Camden. It's more of a regionalized approach. That's a decision for the locals to make. Um, here in New Jersey, we love our home rule. 565 towns. That's a part of our uh, blessing. You get to know your mayor and your police chief up close and personal, but it can also be part of the curse in that there's a lot of duplication. But at the end of the day, whether or not there's going to be a regional or consolidated approach is something the locals have to make. As governor, I'll certainly advocate for it, encourage it, incentivize it, but I'm never going to force it. Yeah, that, and that seems to be the uh, you know a running theme with you, sir. You, you don't want to force people into decisions, and that I guess applies to certain masking and and vaccine mandates. And the pandemic is on top of a lot of people's minds as we're trying to crawl through this. And what you know, just clarify again what you plan on doing. America is all about freedom and choice, and so I'm always going to promote, preserve, protect the public health and safety. Always, I'm vaccinated. I promoted my vaccination, and I strongly encourage people to get vaccinated. But do I believe that government has a right to tell people they have to take a vaccine for this virus? I just don't. Um, I'll give people all the information they need to make an informed decision. And one thing that I think is terribly wrong, in the very early stages of this camp, uh, this uh, pandemic, um, police worked through the pandemic. Medical professionals worked through the pandemic. EMTs, um, a whole lot of people did. And now what we're telling those people is if you don't get vaccinated, we're going to fire you. That just doesn't seem right to me. So I'll encourage people to get vaccinated. I think we can continue to drive our vaccination rates even higher, particularly in the inner cities. Take a look at Patterson. Real, real success story there because they engaged civic leaders and they leveraged the doctor-patient relationship. That's what we need to do here throughout New Jersey. And I was talking with a few people and they were saying, and this made sense to me, that you know the vaccine mandates none of that stuff would make any sense once it's opened up to everybody because then you all have a choice. If everyone can get vaccinated, then why would you require everybody to if you have a choice, right? Exactly. And let's let's look at New Jersey as an example. I mean, more than three out of every four adults is vaccinated here. Um, Each one of our 71 hospitals has about 10 people in the hospital. That's 10 too many. But the good news is our hospitals have an awful lot of capacity. And we've learned a whole lot about how better to treat COVID-19 patients. Um, And the transmission rate right now is about 0.8. That's significantly below one. So hats off to the people in New Jersey. We're in really good shape. You want to get this thing to where it's almost parallel to the annual seasonal flu. And we don't force the seasonal flu vaccine on people. 
So I'm taking it very seriously. We're going to be vigilant. We're going to protect every one of our citizens, particularly the most vulnerable children and seniors and those with underlying conditions. But at the same time, I just don't feel it's right for government to tell you, you have to take this vaccine. So Jack Mamet's poll yesterday came out and has you uh, trailing, but you know, you've, you've cut into the, into the lead that, you know, supposedly is there for governor Murphy. What do you think are some of the key, the keys here to a Chitterelli victory? You think it's real close. What are some of the, some of the things that you're looking to go your way? This campaign has been defined by its energy and its work ethic and its message. I've continued to talk about for the past 22 months and will for the last five days, the issues that matter most to New Jerseyans. And those issues are simply these. One, property taxes. Two, make New Jersey a better place to do business so we create more jobs. As an MBA CPA and two-time business owner, I know exactly what we do to get what we need to do to get that done. Number three, downsize, streamline, and modernize a state government that's bloated, inefficient, and been corrupted by special interests. Phil Murphy's increased the state budget by $11 billion in less than four years' time. That's more than 30%. No governor in the history of the state has increased spending that much. Number four, support the men and women in blue, our local and state police. They need to know the governor and the attorney general have their back so they can go out there and do our job and keep us safe. I and my attorney general will do that. And number five, get our public school curriculum back on track in teaching critical life skills and providing vocational training to our, those students that don't want or need to go to college. And uh, we'll leave all that other very mature and sensitive subject matter for the kitchen table where it belongs between parents and their children. So that's the, uh, that's the agenda. It's very simple. It speaks right to what's bothering New Jerseyans most about the state they love, but realize that it's broken. So we can fix this. Together we will. Jack, uh, one thing that was on the last, year, last year's ballot was the legal, legalization of recreational marijuana for adults. It's been almost a year since that vote happened. It was a very overwhelming margin. And so far, the state has done almost nothing. I think people are kind of like wondering what the heck's going on. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I wasn't in favor of recreational marijuana. I was in favor of decriminalization. Phil Murphy kept saying this was about social justice. You can achieve social justice with decriminalization. I don't think anybody should get a criminal record for having a petty, petty amount of uh, pot in their possession. Uh, but instead you put the very simple question, do you believe in recreational marijuana? Of course, two thirds are going to say yes, but I think people have some buyer's remorse. This isn't what they signed up for. Look at how it's handcuffed and disarmed our police in dealing with teenagers and the like. Um, parents aren't real happy about this. So they're having trouble getting it out of the gate because it's not an easy thing to regulate. And because it's not an easy thing to regulate, it should never have been on the ballot in the first place. In fact, 400 of the 565 towns in New Jersey have now passed local ordinances saying they don't want a dispensary in their town. That's two thirds. So two thirds of the towns don't want a dispensary but yet two-thirds of the people approved recreational marijuana. There's a big disconnect there. So again, I think people have buyer's remorse. Um, listen, the horse is out of the barn. People are investing capital. We'll see how this goes. And um, if it ends up being a total disaster in four, five, six years, I'll address the people in New Jersey and see if they want it back on the ballot to repeal it. Yeah, I was going to ask you, you know, how do you, it, it does seem like there's a disconnect there between the towns that don't want it in, in their town, but then two-thirds of the population voted in favor of this. Is there a way to make it work so that everybody gets what they want or, or no? Well, my job as governor is to make it work because at the end of the day, it was approved. And now the horse is out of the barn. I mean, there are people investing significant capital in New Jersey to uh, get this industry off the ground. I don't think it's fair to them if I come in and try to reverse it on day one. The people approved it. Capital has been invested. 
um, let's see how this thing goes. And lastly, I know you got you got you got to run, so I'll give you one more. This week, some of the big wigs in the Democratic Party, including the president, are up here and sort of lending a hand to the to the Murphy campaign. Just wondering your thoughts on that, given the president's sort of low approval rating. Do you think that's hurting or helping you? Well, quite frankly, I don't understand it, but uh, I do understand the choreography of campaigns. Uh, people ask me, Jack, who are you bringing in? I said, I'm bringing in Jack Cittarelli. I've been going up and down the state of New Jersey for 22 months, engaging directly uh, face-to-face, handshake-to-handshake with the people of New Jersey, talking about the issues that matter. So um, the president can continue to bring in uh, these celebrities and high-profile politicians and the like, uh, but we'll count the votes on Tuesday, November 2nd. I'm confident in the outcome. Jack, I'm sorry I lied to you. I have one more question. I, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Lastly, uh, there's been a lot of time and effort and money and all, cor- all kinds of resources poured into this South Jersey wind port down here. And I know it's you know, a lot of the politicians here and business leaders are excited about it. Do you have any thoughts on the wind port here and wind, wind in general for New Jersey to become a national leader like uh, some hope we will? I do believe that global warming is real and climate change is real and accelerated by human activity. And so I understand the anxiousness in moving toward alternative energy sources. But I do think you got to be careful not to be too much, too fast, too soon. Um, I'd rather see us spend that money improving our grid. Um, we've got a whole bunch of new electricity coming into the grid, and our grid, quite frankly, just isn't prepared for it. The infrastructural improvement we need is in modernizing our grid, and electrical engineers will tell you that all around the state. So I think the better way right now to create jobs is by improving the grid to handle all the new electricity that's going to come from all of the emerging uh, alternative energy sources that produce zero carbon emissions. The really good news in New Jersey is 40% of our electricity comes from two nuclear power plants in South Jersey that are critical to the South Jersey economy. And up to 30% now comes from solar. Uh, we need to compa- continue to expand on solar. And let's give some of these other emerging technologies a chance, like uh, carbon capture, micronuclear, geothermal, hydropower, hydrogen cell battery technology. Those are all things that I think within three to five years are really going to change the landscape. And we want those industries to emerge right here in New Jersey. So what we really need is to sum it all up is a rational transition to the future. Phil Murphy's energy plan is anything but. It's not realistic, and it'll cost the average homeowner thirty dollars to $50,000 to change every one of their appliances to electric and then rewire the house to get enough electricity in there to power those electrical appliances. I don't think the average homeowner in New Jersey is going for that. Jack, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk again next week. Okay, Mike, looking forward to it. All right, take care. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth and my conversation with Republican candidate for New Jersey Governor Jack Chitterelli. Keep your eyes on the podcast feed for next time. We'll talk with the man he's trying to kick out of office, Governor Phil Murphy.